The Triathlon Hour is brought to you by Pillar Performance. In 2023, I think one of the main things I'll look back on and be thankful for is the decision I made to finally start using Pillar Performance. I've told the story heaps of times on the podcast already, but I put it off for about six months before I finally tried it and I've honestly just never looked back. Their triple magnesium powder 45 minutes before bed every night is something that I truly think I'll do every single day for the rest of my life if Pillar still exists. Waking up for training in the morning used to be something I found virtually impossible, but now it's just become an easy, normal part of my everyday life. If you're someone who struggles with sleep like I used to or thinks you could sleep better to improve your performance, like your training or I guess even just your day-to-day life and the energy you have inside your day-to-day life because that's a big thing I found it improves, then please, for your own benefit, make sure you try Pillar Performance's Triple Magnesium. I do have a discount code for it as well, which is HTT20, which gets you 20% off at Pillar Performance's website or over on thefeed.com. Trust me, try it, you'll thank me. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first ever Triathlon Hour Championship Season Award Show. We've gotten together and assigned seven races to the 2023 Championship Season. Those races are the PTO European Open, Challenge Roth, the PTO US and Asian Opens, the Ironman 70.3 World Championships, and then closing the season with the Men's and Women's Ironman World Championships. We've then come up with eight different categories of awards that we'll reveal and discuss one by one throughout the show. For the 2023 edition of the Triathlon Hour Awards, I'm joined by Harry Palmer. Harry is a member of the Chase Pack, a Patreon-exclusive podcast series we're doing currently. Harry and I have independently sat down, thought about, and come up with our winners from each category. For some categories, we'll give a three, two, and one, and then for others, it'll just be an outright winner. At the end of the week, I'm going to post on the Triathlon Hour Instagram account mine and Harry's winners from each category, and then you can all vote on who you think is the worthy winner. And then based on that vote, the person or thing will be crowned the winner of that category for the first ever Triathlon Hour Championship Season Awards. Harry, welcome. Hi, mate. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's dive right in, mate, to the first category of the night. You can kick us off. And that first category is the best race of the championship season. Okay, so all these questions are going to be difficult because there's so much good racing. But I thought the... PTO European Open was awesome to watch um, for a few reasons. Great course. It was a different course. It makes it a bit more challenging. Um, Good for spectating. um, And just lots of movement went on in the race. Uh, So I thought, from my perspective, I thought that was the best race. But I'd be interested to see if you agree or disagree with that. Yeah, for this one, I did a 3-2-1. I'm not sure if you did 3-2-1 or just a 1 for this. But... I went number three, Challenge Roth, number two, the Ironman, uh, the Women's Ironman World Championships. And then at number one, I agree with you. I had the PTO European Open. Nice. Yeah. So I, I, so I had European Open number one, US Open number two, 
and then um iron man worlds actually kind of tie like men and women's i thought they were both pretty uh pretty awesome you had the u.s open above the women's world championships yeah well i thought so for some some bits of racing there i thought were pretty pretty spectacular um i know we'll probably dive into this uh a little bit more um later on in the podcast but people like so uh jason west performance i thought that was pretty spectacular um and i love to see i love to see yan on <laughs> the top step of the podium so yeah i thought that was incredible but i mean i don't want to take anything away from the women's world champs as well that was that was spectacular as well for me with the european open i still think like when all said and done the the men's and women's ironman world championships were fantastic races but i just felt like there was a hype and a build-up to the pto european open that surpassed every other race for the season and then the race also delivered we had the surprise victory of max newman beating christian blumenfeld we had the return of jan fredino alistair brownlee was it was also in the race so we had alistair jan and christian blumenfeld you know, the last four Olympic gold medalists in that race. We had the battle of of, of the women. We had um, Arne Haug, Lucy Charles Barclay, Ashley Gentle all in the one race. I thought both races were the, the closest and best races of the entire PTO series. So you asked me what my favorite men's and women's PTO open race of the year was. It was both of the European open races. Yeah, I think, I think you're spot on with that as well. I think... Um... With the PTO racing, I, I don't know if you'd agree with this, but because I think there's more at stake, so there's better prize money there, obviously better PTO points, um, opportunities, probably further opportunities than that, then people race faster and harder. Obviously, it's a slightly different distance as well. It's 100k distance, so it's slightly shorter, so you can race a bit harder. But purely because of that, I feel like people people put themselves out there a little bit more and it makes it racing a little bit more exciting because there are like some catastrophic blow-ups which obviously you don't want to see people blow up but also it does make for good watching as well yeah and ash gentle talks about this regularly where she says pto distance is just olympic distance racing that goes for longer because people do just (laughs) hammer from the start they put it on the line to try and win it and even maybe more than that they put it on the line to try and be in the race and and you're right it does lead to massive blow-ups and surprise results and I know a lot of people might look at like Max Newman's result as a surprise. I didn't really see it that way, but I do think it was such a great way to start the year where we thought the big battle was between Christian and Jan and Alistair and it was someone else who came out and won it and won it in such an impressive way. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was an incredible watch actually. So yeah, I mean, bloody hats off to him. Um, But yeah, I mean, well, following on from that, what would you say is the most surprising female performance of the season? Our next category, most surprising female performance. This yeah. this for me was the hardest, the, the single hardest category of all the ones we've done. Um, I, I, I literally right up until we went on air here was still tossing and turning with this one because <laughs> I wasn't surprised by any of the winners from any of the championship races on the female side. I think everyone who won all the races, I look at and go, yep, that doesn't surprise me. That didn't surprise me. And then I look at the yeah. podiums and I go, none of them surprised me at the time either they still don't surprise me looking back at it now so it, it's really hard and I, I i'm still tossing up i have two <laughs> i have two and one of them is negative and one of them is positive and i just don't know which path i want to go because there was one performance that surprised me because i fully expected this athlete to have an amazing day um mm. like I, I and it's the women's Ironman World Championships and 
I had my podium that day and, um, you know, I, I thought Arn Hag was going to win. I thought Lucy Charles was going to come second and I thought Cat Matthews was going to come third. That was my podium. Yeah. Cat Matthews had a yeah. really disappointing day. And, you know, a lot of people might look at Cat and go, well, she came second at the 70.3 World Championships. Maybe that's a surprise. But to me, that's not a surprise. Like I just – I expect that level of performance from her because that's the level of athlete I think she is. And I, I, I say it all the time. I think Cat is probably the most consistent or one of the, you know, three or four most consistent female long-course triathletes on the planet. So for her to have a bad day there at, the, her, at her like A race for the year, it surprised me. Yeah, but I haven't gone that way. I've actually gone, I've gone a different one, and it's the women's Ironman World Championships again. And it's a, it's, it's Sky Munch, like which you know she came seventh. A lot of people might think that's nothing special, uh, but to me, there was a very clear top seven favourites going into that race, and um, six of them finished inside the top, inside the top seven. And Sky was the one who wasn't inside that group of seven favourites. In fact. I don't think she was being talked about by anyone. I didn't hear her name mentioned all week in the lead up, but she had such a solid race. And the reason why it surprised me is because I, I've got to admit, I'd written Sky off. I didn't think Sky could compete at that level anymore. I thought the, the best girls had gone past her. I, I did not see her as someone who had potential to come, you know, top six, seven in, in that race. And she did. So, um, yep, for me, Sky Munch had the most surprising female performance of the year. Yeah, fair play. I mean, it was a hell of a performance. Um, and I do, I completely agree, actually, with the the Cat Matthews performance as well. It's like, it was almost, it was almost sad to see it as well. Like, I was like, oh, man, I was really gutted about that. Um, and I think I saw as well, like, Fenella had, um, you know, like, a surprisingly bad performance there as well. I don't know if this is true, but I did hear that they were sharing accommodation together. So maybe they both got ill or something like that i don't know but um yeah it was it was upsetting to see that but i've gone um i've gone positive for my surprising performance and i would say because i know we talked about this before we started recording i don't think this person is necessarily a surprising performance for anyone who knows her um but for anyone who doesn't know her maybe they saw this as a surprising performance uh so i would say lucy byron at the uh, us open coming forth um, I mean, she pretty much proved that she's got the bike legs to stay with the best people in the sport. So I think, yeah, um, that's going to be my pick for for the most surprising female performance. Yeah, I touch on Lucy Byram's performance that day in another category coming up, but that's why I didn't have her for the category. And and we did talk about this off air beforehand. Full disclosure, it didn't surprise me. I, I just yeah. I, I I saw her come to the front of the race, and similar to Mattis Margier in that same race. I wasn't surprised. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I guess that's the thing is it's sort of what surprised you for the year all depends on how you see the sport and who you think is good and who you don't think is good. And, um, yeah, to me, I, I see Lucy Byram as someone who has a huge future and didn't surprise me at all. But then someone else, you know, might see it completely different. Like for you, yeah, most surprising performance maybe. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think if you like – if you don't have the – you know, if you haven't raced them before, if you haven't seen them that much at races, maybe you wouldn't know too much about them. But I've had, you know, I've had the pleasure of being at quite a few races with Lucy, being in the UK. Um, and so I know of her and about her and I know her ability. So I think that makes it like less surprising. But also, I guess, yeah, my my point of view from this is to to maybe think about other people's possibly perspectives on these and then um, bring that into play. So, so yeah, I mean, anyway, it's it was a great performance, wasn't it? Yeah. 
and I agree completely with what you're saying. I think it will that performance would have surprised a lot of people. I considered it deeply for this category as well. It's it's literally in front of me here on my list written down. But yeah, um, yeah I, I found this category so hard because it's so difficult. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the 2023 in the women's championship season, the theme of it was the best athletes raced regularly against each other, and they always won. You know, like all of these women's races were won by favourites, and we, we've sort of established a big seven, uh, big seven yeah. sort of in the sport right now, and and they're killing it. So that category was hard. Um, but let's move on to uh, the, the the same category for the men. Most surprising male performance. This one I didn't find very hard. Yeah. So actually, I'm probably well. I might be a bit different. I don't. I don't feel like you're going to have picked the same person as me, which is obviously good. So I'm going to say uh josh lewis fifth at 70.3 worlds um surprising in the same view as lucy byron i know that he's not necessarily on the same level as her or or has the same ranking pto points whatever but i know josh very well uh racing in the uk racing for a number of years absolutely amazing guy got nothing bad to say about him absolutely love the guy um phenomenal athlete i know how much work he puts into it but i think from an outsider perspective, coming fifth at the 70.3 World Champs, probably for a lot of people would see that as a surprising performance. For me, I didn't actually see it as a mega surprising performance because I know he was capable of it. It just, as you know, these things need to align. Stars need to align on the race day. Things need to go well. And I knew that if they could go well or if they did go well, he would have a phenomenal performance. But So I'm going to say, yeah, fifth for Josh Lewis at uh, at 70.3 Worlds is the... A surprising male performance i don't know i don't know what you think about that i'm shocked really because what i did before this is i went through and i sort of guessed i'm like which ones do i think will definitely have the same on and i had this one pinned as one we would have the same answer for um <laughs> I, I agree it was surprising that josh had the day he had uh, i think you could make nice. the same argument for for Jan stratman uh coming third yeah. i think you could even make the same performance for fred coming second but i didn't have any of those but I did have it, have it from that same race, and it was it was the champ, Rico Bogan, winning the seven yeah. seven point three world champs. For me, was the standout surprising male performance of the year. So I've got his name somewhere else in this pile as well because I didn't want to have it multiple times. But I have actually got someone's name quite a few times on this list. But yeah, I mean, exactly the same, Rico. I think I I don't think if you asked anyone before the race who was going to win, they'd pick. Rico and that's that's not me saying that he doesn't deserve it at all phenomenal athlete like absolutely insane but I just don't think he was probably people's pick for for the win which is obviously it's awesome it's, it's exciting racing yeah I I didn't I wouldn't have even picked him for the top five like I think he look you can only race the race that shapes itself on the day he he definitely and the podium there probably got a little bit lucky by Singapore happening and and you know yeah wreaking havoc through the field i went into that race thinking christian blumenfeld will win this race and it's just by how far he wins it and jason west will probably be there and be competitive as well and you know it just turned out that christian came 35th and had the one bad performance for the year and maybe that was because of um you know unfortunate circumstances but yeah, still, even taking into in Singapore Bally into account, it still shocked me that Rico was the guy who won. And that's, again, like you say, it's not to take away from the performance. Rico uh, has shown that he's going to be a great athlete, but I just didn't expect it that day. Um, so some other athletes I had as surprising uh, male performances that didn't quite get it were Peter Heimrich coming second at the PTO Asian Open. That completely Ooh, shocked me. Yeah, 
I've got him a little bit further down, actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Foreshadowing. And then Sam Long's fifth place at the PTO US Open, um, just with the situation, you know, uh, late flying, just become a dad. I thought that performed. I, I also think the race didn't suit him. I think to come fifth was the absolute sort of best result he could have had that day. Yeah. And he did have it and taking into account everything else that was happening, that surprised me. So, yeah, Peter and Sam was my sort of unluckies, but Rico Bogan for me. Yeah, nice. No, good picks, good picks. All right, so, well, let's move on to the next category, which is best young female and in brackets you've put under 24. 24 or under. 24 or under. Okay, so <laughs> my one actually is, well, I'm going to let you go first on this because technically mine's not under 24, but I've got to back up to fit into this category. <laughs> okay, well, they have to be 24 or under. Uh, <laughs> Lu- Lucy Byron for me. Um, yeah. Lu- Lu- Lucy's day at the PTO US Open where she came fourth and you know only rode 15 seconds, I think it was, slower than Taylor Nib was huge. Um, I'm also basing it a little bit on what I see outside of the results from the championship season. And I think Lucy will be one of the very best in the world for probably the next decade. And I also think with Lucy, she's going to get better as the races go longer. So I, I seriously wouldn't be surprised. And I think it's like truly within Lucy's grasp to, to go on and win an Ironman world championships, or at least be very competitive at that for a long time to come. And I'm excited. I think she's one of those girls who, should step up in distance sooner rather than later, the same way we've seen a lot of the males do lately and the same way we saw Taylor Nib do. And I think she has one of the brightest futures in our sport, male or female. So, yeah, best young female for me is, is Lucy Byron. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a hell of a good pick. Um, so, I, <laughs> so rules are made to be broken, all right? So <laughs> under 24 thing, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Taylor Nib, even though she isn't she 25. <laughs> She's 25. She doesn't care. You've nah, got to get a pick on the nah, fly. It's, it's nearly 24. I, I know. I need to pick, need to change that. But I would say, yeah, I mean, best. Let's say, yeah, young female is Taylor Nib. I think she's just like exciting racing, absolutely phenomenal athlete. But if I have to stick to the rules, which suck, um, <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I would say um, I did have Lucy Byron there as well. Um, but just out of the sake of being slightly different. Um, I'm going to absolutely butcher this girl's name. So bear with me. Um, Marjon Lane Pierre. Uh, she's 23. And um, she's had she's had a really good season. Like PTO US Open 12th, 70.3 World Champs 7th. Like she's not, you know, she's not right at the front of the race, but she is there. Like she's racing the, the most competitive people out there. She's performing consistently. And I think because she's a young athlete and she's she's moving through the ranks really well, like she's currently ranked, I think, 16th. Um, so she's got a bright future ahead of her. Um, obviously, it's not that, you know, this this race isn't uh, within the championship season, but she has just won Ironman Portugal as well. So she's proving herself along, you know, across multiple distances, which I think will prove exciting for for the future of this this young French athlete. Yep. No, I had her at number two on this, uh, purely based on, from the championship season, probably her seventh place at the 70.3 Worlds, which shocked me. It was yeah. actually one that I had shortlisted for most surprising female performance of the year. Shocked me. For her to beat Daniela Reef and, you know, Amelia Watkinson and Tamara Jewett and, or Tamara Jewett, Ali Salthouse, you know, she, yeah, I agree. Um, for me, it was between her and Lucy. Ultimately, I, I went with Lucy though. So couldn't, couldn't agree more. I think they are the two clear best 24 under females from this championship season. Now, uh, best male, best young male, 24 or under. 
Oh, so this is difficult because I've got I've got two guys. One of them we've talked about previously in this episode, and the second one we haven't. Um this is really difficult. And also I don't I actually don't know how old they are, so fuck it. They may be 30. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got Jan Fredino. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely 24 um uh so i have put uh rico bogan for for this one best young athlete um purely from his yeah center point three worlds performance um and i think since then as well like because there's been more maybe more of a spotlight been put on him um more attention i think he's actually performed really well post that as well and he's he's performed against some incredible athletes and shown that it wasn't kind of like that fluky performance which i think is really cool so he's consistent he's doing really well i think rico bogan's my number one but um i would put like mika newt on like second close second because i think he's a again like incredibly consistent young athlete um and i think he's got a very yeah very bright future in front of him for sure I had them as number two and number three, um, so we're similar. But for me, this one's an absolute no-brainer, and I think you've just forgotten that this guy's this young. <laughs> it's Sam Laid, though. Oh, you know what? <laughs> All right, so uh, I need to tread carefully here, but he doesn't look like he's younger than 24. No offense to him. <laughs> <laughs> A <laughs> uh, couple of things. He, he doesn't look at you right. He looks 29. Yeah. But also, he doesn't perform like it. No, exactly. He performs like someone who's yeah far more experienced i mean i know he's been doing the sport since he could bloody walk or something so he's got a lot more experience than other people perhaps his age but um yeah i I actually completely forgot he was 24 yeah i know i actually because when i was doing it i sat down and i wrote him down for it because i I just thought he's 24 i know he's 24 but then i went wait can he really be 24 (laughs) he must be 26 and so I went and double checked. I'm like, he is, yeah. Like, but then I still found myself questioning it, being like, maybe he's not. Maybe everywhere on the internet had his has his date of birth wrong. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's just amazing what he did. I, I and I'm going to talk about obviously his his name's going to pop up later on in the show as well. But yeah, for me, um, just I, I see him as so clearly the best young male um, of, of this year's championship season. Um, you, you know, you had Rico Bogan. Maybe that would change if you if you knew the Sam Wade low age, but they are number one and two for me with with Mick and Newt number three. So we're all in pretty similar spaces there. We're pretty close. We're pretty close. Yeah. I'm really excited to be able to finally talk about something I've been keeping myself for quite a while, and that's Precision Fuel and Hydration's newest product, the Flow Gel. The Flow Gel has been designed to fix a problem we've all had at some point of how do we carry enough fuel for our long rides and races because we've all had to stop at gas stations or corner stores on long rides because we've run out or go to an aid station during a race to take on a product that we've never tried, never tested and don't really want to use but have been forced to. That's where the Flow Gel comes in. The Flow Gel is 300 grams of carbohydrate in one gel. It's a slightly different formula to their regular gel though, which is where the name Flow comes from because it flows out of each gel pouch really, really easily. And because of this, they've also released a Flow Bottle, which is a bottle that has a scale on the side so you can squeeze the Flow Gel into it and like chuck it into your bottle cage on the bike or carry it on a run. And then as you drink from it, you'll know exactly how many grams of carbohydrates you've taken on of the 300 grams that you started with. You don't even have to add water because they spent so much time engineering the perfect mix of of the gel. Each flow gel contains the equivalent of 10 gels, but it's resealable. So you don't have to use it all at one time if you don't want to. And it is basically the exact same gel as my favorite precision fuel and hydration product, 
the PF90 gel, just prepared slightly differently so it flows more easily. Leon Chevalier um, was testing on the run-up to coming fifth at the Ironman World Championships in Nice, and he said that he used to have to squeeze 10 gels into a bottle before a race, but now he can just pour a flow gel into a flow bottle, and that saves him time, and um, it just helps him keep, tab- keep tabs on exactly what he's getting on board. He just loves how efficient and convenient it is and said that it really did change fueling for him on the lead-up and race day uh, at the Ironman World Championships this year. So that's huge coming from him. Flowgel is available on pre-order now exclusively on Precision Fuel and Hydration's website, which I put the link to in the show notes. It'll be shipping most places by mid-October, um, right in time for the Aussie and Kiwi summer of long rides and for the rest of the world, probably right on time for uh, your long trainer sessions. Remember to use the discount code HTT23 for 15% off when you do decide to go on pre-order some. Okay, so what would you have as the next category, which is breakthrough male performance of the year? Yeah, okay. So I found this one really tough. Uh, again, one of the tougher ones, and Rico Bogan's name keeps popping up. Um Originally, I had Rico. I went, it's, Re- it's Rico. But then I thought about it and we sort of tossed up with this category. Is it breakthrough male performance or is it breakthrough male? And in the end, I think like w- let's go with breakthrough male and breakthrough female rather than one performance yeah. And because it, it, it does change it. It changes both for me. So breakthrough male, I've gone with Mattis Margier and it was really tough between him and Rico. But ultimately, I went with Mattis because – his high point wasn't as high as Rico's, but he came fourth at the 70.3 Worlds. He came fourth at the PTO US Open. And I think doing it in multiple races reflected, uh, you know, and that's reflected in him being ranked number seven in the world now after starting at 87. I just see that as a true breakthrough. And I'm not saying Rico's performance is a fluke because I don't believe it is. I think he's going to go on to be one of the best athletes we'll see in the next sort of generation. But I think for now, Mattis's year, it was more of a breakthrough year of consistency in the championship season for me. You know now that if he's going to be on a championship start line, he will be a huge factor in that race. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe if Rico raced more, because Rico did only race one race of the of the six races he could have raced this championship season, maybe he would have gone to, to number one in this category. But just because of that slight consistency element and doing it across multiple championship races, yeah, breakthrough mail for me, Mattis Margier. Yeah, I think that's that's a very good shout, and I think that consistency as well is like it. What pro- it's it's in my opinion, it's what proves you to be like a force to be reckoned with, and and someone who you know stood on the start line, and people should be worried about if you're consistent across multiple different events. Like you've proved yourself to be a phenomenal athlete. Whereas I, I don't know, sometimes when people have like great results and then some shitty results and they kind of you know go peaks and troughs like it's obviously as we know like racing difficult you're gonna have bad days but i think if you can be consistent and consistently be there it's like you've just proved yourself to be you know one of the best guys around or one of the best girls around so um yeah fair play to him i think i think that's a pretty good pick i've gone slightly different for this one so i've actually gone for well for one race but also the guy i think just really respect the fact that you know he's he, perhaps towards the end of his career um and he's still climbing the ranks and he's still like just putting in the work and yeah just i think i think he's yeah consistently just at the front of racing now which is really good to see uh, peter hemrick um specifically at the asian open um with that second place uh, i think it was a definitely a, a breakthrough performance for him um and yeah it was just it was awesome to see i thought yeah 
Yep. No, I can't. I can't disagree with it. And I think this is the thing, and this is what I found doing all of these categories is there is like genuinely three to four, yeah. sometimes more options for each, and you you would nail it down to three or four, and you'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. I I had I had Peter for this as well. He's he's in that sort of next category of people I've got, but. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't argue with it. I think Mattis and Peter both both probably deserve that. Um, so, yep, good shout. Breakthrough female. Yeah, so I'm gonna sound like a broken record now and, and repeat this name again. Uh, so I am gonna say um, Lucy Byron again for the U.S. Open, uh, which probably sounds pretty boring of me. The fact that her name's popped up a lot, but I think that's like that just proves that she is like she is an athlete that we should be talking about um, if she's coming up on uh, loads of the different categories that we've got. Um, I just thought, yeah, it was definitely a breakthrough performance for her. If you look on her PTO rankings, the PTO points that she got from that were, you know, far more than she's got from any other race. It's really pushed her into the right direction. Um, and I think hopefully that will give her confidence for, for future racing as well. So I'm, I'm going to say Lucy Byron again. Um and I wonder if you're in a similar boat to me or if you've gone completely different. Uh, it was, yeah, Lucy was, again, I'm very similar to you. Lucy was number two for me. Um, but mine might, pe- people might disagree with mine and, and I would understand disagreeing with mine, but I've gone for Imogen Simmons. Um, mm. I think you could argue that since 2018, Imogen has been someone who has been highly competitive in long course triathlon. Um, you know, maybe a top 20 to 30 athlete in the world for, for certain periods there, maybe even a little bit higher sometimes, you know, particularly of note, she came third at the 70.3 world champs in 2019 and she's won races and she's podiumed races. But I just feel like in 2023, Imogen broke free from being like a can have a good day, but ultimately is just a top 20 sort of maybe top 20, top 30 athlete in the world to now, in my opinion, easily being one of the top 10 in the world and consistently i don't see her leaving that now like if you ask me to write a list of who were the top 10 female like athletes from the championship season i would have imogen simmons in there whereas even in the year she came third at 70.3 worlds i'm not sure i would have yeah. you know she had she had that fourth at the pto asian open and really could have even gone a bit better there she came third at the 70.3 world champs again this year um yeah for me i i just felt like when i look back on this season and go who was the who was the female athlete who broke through to going from not being a top 10 top 5 athlete in the world to being that to me it was imogen simmons yeah nice nice yeah i mean that's that's a pretty damn good pick um all right so Let's move on to the next one, which is upset of the championship season. Um, I did. Oh, I found this one really difficult, actually. Um, and I don't think so. I don't think you would have gone for the same as me because I've gone quite like personal on this one, I guess, which sounds a bit weird. But yeah, I'm wondering, uh, wondering where you're at with this one. I think one thing of note here is we've mixed this, so this isn't men or and women as separate categories. We've just gone men and women together what was the upset of the championship season yeah i've gone with i've gone with rico bogan oh okay (laughs) i keep bringing him up but to me christian was the favorite yeah and and to me christian was the unbackable favorite i literally i had singapore belly so i should have known better i didn't actually know christian had it that badly like you know, I'd been talking to someone who was staying with him that week and said, you yeah, know, he's got a bit of an upset stomach and that. But they downplayed it. 
Um, so I downplayed it in my mind and I thought, well, how, how much will Christian win by today? And I still think if you went and did that race again and Christian was fit and healthy, that's probably what happens. Yeah. But so for me, when I was watching it, I thought, geez, this is the upset of the, of the championship season. Um, I, I think there's a good argument to be made for Max Newman, but just for me personally, I picked him to win that race. I'm, I'm highly biased there. Um, so that, that's probably a fact. I picked Max Newman to win just about every race he does. Um, but so I, I think a lot of people might have looked at Maxi Newman's performance and gone, that was the real upset with Jan, Alistair and Christian in that race and Magnus in that race. But yeah, I've, I've just gone Rico Bogan. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great pick. Um, so I've gone, I've probably gone a bit weird on this one just because like it upset me, but also <laughs> but upset me personally. I don't think anyone else, maybe other people were upset. Um, and But also like maybe happy to see it as well. So Jan not winning Ironman Worlds at Nice. Um, that I wanted him to turn up and be on absolute form and rip everyone's legs off as a bit of like a last hurrah and to kind of like go out with a bang. So to me, that was like a little bit upsetting to see. However, to see him still do the race, finish the race and be around, you know, the athletes and the, the spectators enjoying himself, um, you know, enjoying his last race out there. That also made me like really happy to see. So um, yeah, that would be probably a bit of a weird angle on this question, but I would say for me, that's like the upset of the season. Yeah. And this is, so this is the funny thing with wording because I look at the upset of the championship season being Rico winning, but what I really look at it as is, I guess it's like the upset for me was that Christian didn't win. Yeah, And so you like, you're not the same thing. You're not saying the upset was Sam winning. You're saying that it was that Jan didn't win. Yes, so exactly. I guess for this, technically we're going with Christian Blumenfeld and Jan Frodeno. And I do think they were the two big upsets of the year because I think Jan was the unbackable favorite for the Ironman world championships. And I think Christian was the unbackable favorite for the 70.3 world championships. Yeah. So I, they were the two I had as well. So no, I, I don't see it differently. I actually, and annoyingly, we're probably agreeing a bit too much here. We need a bit more back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I think we need to need to uh, change, our, change our answers for these. <laughs> it doesn't help that the next one, I just think, I think everyone in the world has the, <laughs> the same answer for the next one. Um, but I do think in some of the, the categories coming up soon, we are going to disagree. Um, the next category, coach of the championship season. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can go that far different from you on this one so um i guess the coach of well yeah i mean one of the top coaches that always comes up in triathlon is going to be uh dan lorang um obviously coaches some incredible athletes so you can't really look past him um and then i mean close second i think i would say i'm <laughs> gonna butcher his name but bjorn giesman um whether i've butchered that or not who knows? Um, well, you'll know, but um, no, that's exactly again, right. coaches. Oh, there you go. <laughs> coaches, some phenomenal athletes. Um, and so I think that both of them are pretty, pretty spectacular, but um, interested to see. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we're pretty close on this, but I actually don't know. Yeah. Very close for me. The top three, like Richard Laidlow was third, not because of consistency, but I just, you know, the, to get Sam Laidlow and Arta, right for the Ironman World Championships and have them come first and six in that race. You know, the Arta story this year, the Arta Horso, who he coaches, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Sam Laidlow performance, unbelievable as well. So I think he deserves a mention. Bjorn Giesman is clearly the second best coach of the championship season. Um, you know, obviously he has Patrick Lang, who was um, second at 
both challenged Roth and the Ironman World Championships. Cat Matthews came second at the 70.3 World Championships and Jan Stratman came third at the uh, at the 70.3 World Championships. So mega season and probably one of the better coaching performances of any season in triathlon ever. But he came up against the best season that I can find of any coach ever in triathlon, really. And um, Dan Lorang's championship season this year was insane. He get, yeah. get this, get this record. Like it's just, it's just mind blowing. He had the PTO European Open winner, third place and fourth place. He had Challenge Roth second place, PTO US Open winner, PTO Asian Open second place and fifth place, Ironman 70.3 World Champs second place, um, Ironman, and then the Ironman World Champs winner and second place. That's actually fucking insane. <laughs> that is insane. Imagine his bonuses this year. He Dan Lorang now sleeps in a bed of money. I, know, I was literally just about to say, imagine... Imagine him just being sat there like, yeah, I've made some bank this year. This has been a good season. The crazy thing is it's it's his side gig to being the head the head coach of Bora Hansgrove, the professional cycling team. It, it's like this man is wild. That man's got some money. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. You would hate his bank account. It's like, yeah, championship coach of the season. Yeah, Dan Lorang. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be. Um, okay, so if we talk about then the best overall female performance of the championship season or well you're one two three um what do you reckon what have you got well i think these next two categories so we're into our last two categories and they're best male and female performance of the year um, of the championship season and then best male and female athlete of the championship season i see these next two categories as these are the big ones everything else before this is it's sort of the entree to the to the main main course, which is these these sort of four categories or two categories with both being men and female. So my best female performances, and for both of these categories, we've done a three, two, one, and we'll do it, we'll count down. We'll go three, two, one. Cool. Um so I'll I'll give do you want to give both of our like give our threes, give our twos, give our ones? Oh yeah, actually that's a that's a good way to do it. Yeah, let's do it like that. Yeah. So um I've also done some unluckies because I think these categories deserve it. So best female performance of the championship season, my unluckies uh, were Daniela Reef with Challenge Roth and then Arne Haag uh, with her second place at the Ironman World Championships. Did you do any unluckies? Yeah, so I've got some in my head. Um, I would say unluckies um, are going to be um, Kat Matthews at the Ironman World Champs um, and also I've put like Fenella Langbridge as well, Ironman World Champs. I think just those those two expected better performances at those races or at that race right we've gone a bit different with our our muckies because like i've sort of thought of that as like the fourth and fifth best female performances for the year um with with daniela's roth where she you know broke the overall long distance record but wasn't inside my top three female performances for the year and then i thought alan hugs um second place at the ironman world championships was the fifth best performance so my third best female performance for the year was Arne Haag's performance at the PTO European Open. Nice. Okay, cool. I've got that somewhere else on here. Uh, so I'm going to go actually and again. Fucking hell, I sound like a broken record on this one. But Lucy Barron again, US Open. I genuinely think um, some people may not see that as like warranting being in the top three female best performances. But I genuinely, from my perspective... I think I think it was. I think it was absolutely spectacular. Lucy's paying you. Yeah, I know, man. I get some bloody money from her for this. <laughs> My number two uh, was Taylor Nibbs' win at the Ironman 70.3 World Championships. Nice. I've gone Annie Haug at the uh, Europeans. 
and I think we surely have both gone the same here, the best female performance for the 2023 championship season, Lucy Charles Barclay winning the Ironman World Championships. Oh, I hate agreeing with you too much on this, man. This is crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's stupid to look past that, really. Like Lucy Charles, Ironman Worlds, she led it from the start. I mean, that's like, that's just crazy. Um, and it's so nice to see her on that top step as well. Um, it's almost like I feel like when you when you win a race from start to finish, it's basically like, it's 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 such a fucking cool thing. It, might, it must be such a cool thing. I don't know what it feels like, but I mean, it must be so cool to think, yeah, like literally there was no one that could touch me. Like how mad is that? Yeah, unbelievable. Probably probably the performance of the year, male or female. Um, yeah, I'd say so. We can't just brush past the fact that Daniela Reef broke the overall iron distance course, uh, iron distance world record at Challenge Roth. You know, we had Taylor Nibbs 70.3 world championships where she was in a different postcode and, You've completely discredited them and you've given Lucy Byram's fourth <laughs> place at the US Open. She didn't even win it. You haven't even gone with Taylor Nibbs' win at the PTO US Open, which was clearly better, as were the second and third place, places there. Like, they were clearly better. This is – how much did she pay you? Nah, mate, fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> I make the rules. <laughs> I think by definition, to be the best performance, you have to I actually think, win. Mate. I think you can tell that I wrote this list at like 12 o'clock last night and I was just really fucking tired. I wanted to go to bed. Tired or drunk. Um, Okay. Best male performance of the 2023 championship season. Okay. Um, So best male performance. Number three, um, I've gone Jason West at the US Open. Okay. That means you've definitely got yarns at the US Open in there ahead of it. Um, for me, I had some unluckies. I had Jan Fredino's PTO US Open and Christian Blumenfeld, Blumenfeld's PTO Asian Open as the two unluckies. I thought, even when I'm looking at it now, Christian's US uh, Christian's Asian Open performance probably should be number three. But the, the, my number three was basically a tie um, between Christian Blumenfeld's PTO Asian Open and Magnus Ditlev's performance at Challenge Roth. No, that's yeah, that's those are good shouts. I mean, I've got so I've got Magnus at number two for his performance at Challenge Roth. Yeah, for two for me, it was Max Newman's win at the PTO European Open. Nice, nice. And then I've actually <laughs> I haven't gone Jan. Um, I've gone to number one, Sam Laidlow at Ironman Worlds. Uh, similar to Lucy Charles, like winning a race from start to finish. I think that's that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, of course, number one. Best male performance of the championship season. Sam Laid, though, Ironman World Championships victory. Not close for me. I think Mac, for me, like Max Newman's, uh, I had him at number two and Magnus at number three. Distant, though. Distant second and third. Um, I just, yeah. I, I seriously think that Sam Laid, though, performance might be the best male triathlon performance I've ever seen. Like, I just, I still can't believe how good it was. Like, he, I knew he, I knew he had it in him. I, I think he has it in him to win six or seven of these. I think he's the guy who can who can um, finally break through and, and win more than three of them and, and go and surpass yeah. Mark Allen and Dave Scott's record at six. I think I think he's the one who can do it. He's He just has everything you need to win this race every single year, uh, and I don't know if anyone can stop him. And now we know now we know he's 24. He's got loads of years left. It's wild, <laughs> man. He could, he could win it every – you never know what Sam wants to do. He might go and start acting or rapping full time and, and ditch triathlon. But <laughs> if he stays in long course triathlon, he literally could win this every year until he's 30. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be insane. I genuinely, I was watching the race and I was like, 
I was just waiting for him, and not in a bad way. I was just waiting for him to to blow up or to fade or to to whatever for people to come through. But it just never happened. Like it was, uh, yeah, absolutely insane. And I think he's just going to go from from strength to strength now, which is <laughs> probably slightly worrying for everyone else out there. Win Republic have just released the final part of their limited edition World Champs collection to celebrate the Women's Ironman World Championships at Kona. They'd already released the first part of the World Champs collection for the Men's World Championships in Nice, and if you haven't already, you really have to go and check it out on their website. Everyone who has worn a Win Republic tri-suit knows exactly what I mean when I say they really are the best tri-suit you will ever wear. Their new Luke A Plus tri-suit, which is the tri-suit used in both World Champs collections, is so comfy and bloody fast. A lot of people have problems finding a tri-suit that feels great when you wear it, and they think, oh, like tri-suits just all must feel like this and not actually be that comfortable to wear, but that's simply not true. And once you put on your first Wind Republic tri-suit, you'll realize that instantly. They're heavily tested both in wind tunnels and by professional athletes well before they get released to make sure they give you as much free speed as possible. And as with all Win Republic kit, they stand head and shoulders above every other brand in terms of looking amazing. If you want a fast, comfy, reliable tri-suit, head to Win Republic's website and use the discount code TTH15 for 15% off your order. We're coming up to the, the final category yeah so uh your best female athlete or well i'm best best male athlete as well after this um what do you so before before we start with this what do you define as best would that be uh the the fastest athlete the best best result or do you have a different definition of best like what what do you think it is for me i look at the best female or best male athlete of the 2023 championship season as collectively who had like so I have it weighted number one in that in that category of like how heavily how how you weight things is consistency over the season and then number two is highlights of the season so high points and so for example if you come fourth in all of these races so there's six possible races you could do if you come fourth in all of them to me that puts you very highly but then there's like a tipping point where if someone came first in two of them and then, you know, 10th in the rest, maybe they might get them or maybe that isn't quite enough. And if they come first in two, but then second in another, that's the thing that puts them over the person who came fourth in all of them. So it's okay. for me, it's like this fine line of consistency versus, you know, um, high point in terms of results. And so I think a good example of that is I've got, my unlucky so starting with the the best female athlete of the 2023 championship season i've got ash gentle as my unlucky now this is crazy because she won the pto asian open she came second (laughs) at the pto european open and she came second at the pto us open so how has she missed that and she is more consistent than the person i've got third that's interesting (laughs) that's really interesting the person i've got third had a high point that i thought was higher and then her her sort of next best results weren't quite bad enough that they put ash ahead of her but it was very close like i went back and forth all, all like all night on this thinking about it. i went back and forth is ash third or is she is she fourth and my most unlucky so yeah my most unlucky i've got ash gentle oof okay um i didn't actually pick an unlucky for this now i'm like oh shit um so just start with yeah. your third yeah not actually 100% sure, but it's not as gentle because she's somewhere else in my list. 
So who do you have at number three? I've got number three, uh, Daniela Reef. Um, I think it's pretty hard to bet against her. And I think her performance at Roth and she's always, yeah, pretty bloody consistent. So I've, yeah, I've gone to Daniela Reef. Wow. I didn't have Daniela. I think she's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's probably the first one we, we really disagree on. Um, at three, I had Lucy Charles Barclay. Um, this is the thing. I think she had the best performance, like we've just said, of any female in the world. And that was enough just to get her ahead of Ash Gentle for me with her first place at the Ironman World Championships. Now, probably her next two big highlights were third at the PTO European Open and fifth at the PTO Asian Open. Uh, alone, they're not great results, but collectively considering and taking into account her performance at the Ironman World Championships, that was just enough to tip her ahead of Ash Gentle for me. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. I think <laughs> I think you're thinking of this far more uh logically than I am. I'm actually just best female and male athlete to me is just athletes that I like. <laughs> <laughs> um, not that I dislike anyone, uh, but I just picked some people that I really like. Oh um, no, Lucy Barham's won this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, I tell you what, you'll be surprised. She's not on the list for this one. Sure. Um, she didn't pay me enough for that. <laughs> uh, I've got number two, uh, Taylor Nib. Yeah, me too. Ta- Taylor Nib, number two, won the PTO US Open, won the seventy point three World Championships, uh, which I had as my second best performance of the year, and then fourth at the Ironman World Championships. Yeah, number two for me as well. Hard to bet against her, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. And then I've actually got number one as Ashley Gentle. Um, because in my mind, I think it's very difficult to bet against her, especially over the 100k distance. And she is just like consistently there. So that's why I picked um, Ashley Gentle for number one. But I'm actually really interested to hear who you've got for number one. Yeah, I, I can't even argue with her. I had her at number four, but I think these four are all so close that if you had a combination of these in any order, I mean, you had Daniela Reef. I mean, there's a fair argument that she's in there as well. So I don't actually disagree that strongly. But for me, the best female athlete of the 2023 championship season was Annie Haag. Um, yeah. She won the PTO European Open to start the year. She came second at Challenge Roth. She came second at the PTO Asian Open. And then she came second at the Ironman World Championships. I think she was just so consistently amazing this year. I think the U- the European Open was um, a, a real high point, the second or third best performance of, of any female for the year. And then, you know, second at Roth was was a, a big performance just behind Daniela um Asian Open behind that, um Ash where I think I think uh, it's so hard to say I hate hypothetical what ifs in this situation but without that mechanical you know she very well could have won oh, that race yeah um and then her second at the Ironman World Championships was was huge too so yeah I had I had Hag as my best female athlete this year I mean, to be honest, she is also now ranked number one in the world. So you can't really argue with that, can you? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. The the top four or five or or even a few more female athletes this year are so clearly the best that you're, you're just arguing with like fine details when it comes to who was the yeah. best. It's it's splitting hairs. I think, yeah, I think they're all amazing. Um, I don't disagree that Ash Gentle is the best in the world this year. How crazy is that considering I had her fourth? I, I, do, I do not disagree with you. <laughs> But yeah, but for me, uh, Annie Haug, um, which takes us into our, our final category for the year, which is best male athlete for the 2023 championship season. Um, did you want to kick us off with your unluckies? Oh, I'll tell you what, mate. Again, I didn't do my unluckies. Um, I must have been too tired last night. So I'm going to have to think on the spot. If you go first on this one, I'm going to then 
think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for me, the unluckies were Patrick Lang with his second place at Roth and his second place at the Ironman World Championships um, and Jason West who came second at the PTO US Open, third at the PTO Asian Open and fifth at the European Open. Okay, those are good shouts. Um, I'm just going to agree with that and move on. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Byram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I can't get that bloody name out of my head now. <laughs> um, right, so I'm going to move on. So number three, best male athlete, I'm going to say uh, Magnus Ditlev. Um, his performance at Roth was spectacular. Um, and... I think he's just an absolute force to be reckoned with. And he's a, he's another young athlete, isn't he? Like how how old is Magnus? Yeah, I think he's 25 off the top of my head. 25, 26. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so he's still pretty young. So I think he's like, I mean, he's got a hell of a future in front of him. So I've put him as number three. I I I had Sam Laid though as number three. And I yeah, there was a few categories I struggled with. This one, I don't know. Sam could be number one. Um yeah, but I had him as number three. He, his victory at the Ironman World Championships was obviously what I had as the best male performance of the championship season. It just the, the this is where that balance of the high point of the year or the few high points of the year and the consistency of the year is really like delicate because I think his next best performance was like eight at Roth for the championship season and you know a DNF at the Asian Open. I don't think he raced any of the other races this championship season. So you know he, he's he's although his first place at the world championships was amazing and it will be the th- probably will be the male performance that we'll look back for 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 like forever from this year i don't think it was quite enough to get him above three for me yeah okay good shout good shout um so my, you're gonna love this my number two is purely because well i mean he's a phenomenal athlete i know he's, he's a good friend of yours as well um he's always consistent um he's had a great season um but he's also got one of the fucking coolest names in the sport oh Freddie no Fung. it's fred <laughs> yeah one good race this year ah, he's he's uh, i love him <laughs> <laughs> i just i think yeah best male athlete i just think like uh, it's not in my mind it's not necessarily just down to performance it's like how they race and even if they don't race as well as they perhaps should do on paper as well as we think they should do is I still think like if they race in a certain way, it makes me feel like they're they are one of the best. And Freddie is always one of those guys who just goes out there, races as hard as he possibly can. He doesn't get involved in all the the bullshit and you know different things that goes on with racing and drafting and stuff like that. Whatever, he just puts his head down, absolutely hammers it, races as hard as he can every single time. If it means he gets the win, he gets the win. If it means he doesn't, he doesn't. But I think he he races with such like integrity. And, and I think that for me, um, even though he didn't necessarily have the best championship season compared to other people that we're talking about, I think in my heart, he is, yeah, he is one of the best athletes. You've gone rogue with some of these. Well, that is so rogue. (laughs) Like, you know, I love Fred Funk. If I, if I was to get married and, and I had to pick like a bridal party or like a groom's party, um, who like two people from the triathlon world, they have to be in there. Fred Funk would be probably my best man. That's how much I love the guy. But he yeah. just he had an he had an okay year. He had a, a great race at the seventy point three World Championships, but before that, he was having a really disappointing season. And I, and I love him. And if it's favorite athlete of the championship season, Fred Funk's number one, or probably Max Newman actually. Fred, you're number two. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. I love him. He's a good looking fella. Looks great with his shirt off. Um, takes a great <laughs> selfie. He's a nice guy. But 
for me, this has to be performance driven. Um, so Fred's definitely not in mine, not in my top <laughs> 10 even. No, number two for me was Magnus Ditliv. You said it. His first place at Challenge Roth was incredible um, and then really consistent as well. Third place at the European Open and um, third place at the Ironman World Championships. Yeah, nice. Okay, cool. Um, I think your list makes far more sense than mine, but I've gone Fred. with my heart, not my head. Um, Fred, and fuck. Fuck the rules. I make it up as I go. <laughs> uh, so my number one, again, I don't uh, I don't know if you're going to be the same as me on this one. And I've gone for him because, well, obviously, <laughs> phenomenal athlete. Um, one, yeah, US Open, but also I love him. Uh, Jan Fredino, number one. Yeah. No, I haven't gone the same as you. Why? Is this, again, is it a combination of who you like? And maybe some some performances. <laughs> yeah, so it is a, it is definitely a mix. Um, I think, uh, yeah, um, it is definitely a mix of yeah performance based, but also the people that I like, the people that I I respect their their style of racing as well. Um, so I've kind of thought about best athlete as a mixture of different things, not just who's had the best performance or the best season. Um, just to almost like try and. I guess try and mix it up and also disagree with you a little bit <laughs> because it means it means that then people listening to this can be like, what the fuck is Harry talking about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, everyone loves yarn, so people probably won't disagree with you. But I think, you know, we're talking the greatest male athlete of all time. It's Jan Frodeno. But 2023 championship season, unfortunately, he he's not in the top five for me. Um, brilliant performance at the US Open um, and decent performance at the European Open. I had him at about six or seven on my list for yeah. what it's worth. Um for me, I think this is actually controversial because I thought that I think that a lot of people would think it's Magnus Ditlev um, for his consistency with his first at Roth and his third at the European Open and his third at the World Championships. And I originally had him there and I had who I had at number one as number two with Sam Lay at three, but I changed it last minute. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he if he if he is or if it's Magnus, but for me, I had the best uh, male athlete of the twenty twenty three championship season as Christian Blumenfeld. Now, Ooh. I think sometimes with Christian, because he has done such amazing things in the past, we judge him based on what he's done, not on what everyone else around him is doing. He he won the Asian Open in what I thought was an amazing performance. He came second at the PTO European Open, and then he came second at the PTO US Open. You know. Without that cramp, who knows what happens at the US Open. But those three performances were all amazing. And no one else came close to doing that across the the PTO Opens. And the men's PTO Opens were so competitive this year. Um, and I don't think Sam Laid, though, did enough outside of his World Championships win to, to come up and take that number one spot. So, yeah, look, if I could have a tie, I know we, we're not fence-sitting, so I can't have ties. If I could have ties, I would have Christian and Magnus as joint winners of the male athlete of the year because we can't i've gone christian blumenfeld just oh yeah you know what actually i i can't believe christian blumenfeld didn't show up in any of my list that sounds terrible because you can't even i mean you can't really bet against the guy can you so um i think that's a pretty decent pick for best male athlete christian blumenfeld i mean yeah what a guy so should we go through and just quickly sum up here, um, go back and, and go through each. So we'll just give our, our winners for each category, um, you know, lightning round type of thing. So best race, I had PTO European Open as the best race. Yep, that was best race for me as well. Most surprising female performance of the year, I had Sky Munch's performance at the Ironman World Championships. I had Lucy Byron at the uh, US Open. 
most surprising male performance of the 2023 championship season. I had Rico Bogan at the 70.3 World Championships. I had Josh Lewis at the 70.3 World Champs. Best young female, I had Lucy Byram. Uh, best young female, I picked someone who wasn't actually <laughs> under 24. So I've got uh, Marjorie Lane-Pierre. Best ma- young male athlete, uh, Sam Laidlow for me. I've got Rico Bogan. Breakthrough male performer, Matthias Margier. Peter Hemerick. Breakthrough female performer, Imogen Simmons. Uh, Lucy Byron. Upset of the championship season, I had Rico Bogan beating Christian Blumenfeld at the 70.3 World Championships. I had Jan Fredino not absolutely destroying everyone at the uh, Ironman World Champs. Coach of the championship season, we both had the same there with Dan Larang. Best female performance, again, we both had the same there with Lucy Charles Barclay winning the Ironman World Championships. Best male performance, again, we both had the same there with <laughs> Sam Laidlow winning the Ironman World Championships. Best female athlete of the 2023 championship season, I had Annie Haug. I had Ashley Gentle. And then best male athlete to round out the first ever triathlon hour championship season awards, I had Christian Blumenfeld. And I had Jan Fredino. There we go, Harry. That was, honestly, that was so fun to sit down and do that. And I'm, I'm wondering if I should put that form out on social media so that other people can sit down and do it because it was really fun to sit down and reflect on the, the championship season we did have seven of the best races in triathlon. And it really did make me think, fuck, we had a great year in, in long course triathlon this year. <laughs> yeah, mate, I think you should. I think like I, I sat down and I was like, oh man, like this is like, yeah, this is going to take a little bit of time because I want to, I want to do this properly. And I was honestly so invested into it. Um, and was just really enjoying looking back through and, you know, it brings up different bits of, you know, memories of watching different bits of live coverage, stuff like that. So yeah, I think you should do it. I think people really enjoy doing that. And we are going to put out a poll later on this week on Instagram, on the Triathlon Hour Instagram, um, where we will put mine and Harry's picks. So our our winner from each category, and then you guys can vote on it. And then whoever wins that vote that you guys um, that you guys decide will be crowned the winner. So we obviously already have a few winners, like with us both agreeing on the best male and female performance of the year. So Lucy Charles Barclay, for example, has officially won the 2023 Triathlon Hour Championship Season Award for the best female performance, as has Sam Laidlow for the best male performance, as has Dan Larang for the the coach of the 2023 championship season. So congratulations to those guys. Um, Huge honor for you guys, no doubt. (laughs) Harry, thank you so much for joining me and and being the first ever official co-host for the Triathlon Hour Championship Season Awards. Hopefully we're here again in 2024 to to do it again and it becomes an annual thing because it is a lot of fun and it's 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 really fun to sit down and reflect and um this year was an amazing year in long course triathlon it's not over yet but the championship races they are over and yeah, yeah um just one of the best years in triathlon that i've ever witnessed and going forward in 2024 it's going to be even bigger with you know six or seven pto races and then the ironman series where uh, the ironman pro racing series where a few of them will no doubt be classified as championship races so Great year in 2023, and I'm already looking forward to the championship series in uh, 2024. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, mate. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation and um, look forward to future ones on yeah on the podcast. Make sure you uh, get my bank details and flick me half of the amount that Lucy Byron paid you as well. <laughs> Honestly, why did her name come up so much? People are going to get weird <laughs> things in the head now. <laughs> uh, thanks, mate. Have a good day. Have a good one, mate. If you haven't been to The Feed's website yet, it's time you went and checked it out. It's your one-stop shop for all things triathlon nutrition. 
The feed basically have all of the world's best training and race day nutrition products in one place. So you don't have to do multiple orders from multiple websites and pay shipping on all of them. Or you don't have to go to the effort of driving around to different shops to get different products. You can just head to the feeds website and it's all there in one place for you. So like I said, if you haven't gone and checked it out, you should go and do that right now. You'll see for yourself how easy it makes buying all of your training and racing nutrition. It's also a really good way to look at nutritional products you never knew existed and try them out by chucking them on top of your order and seeing if they might work for you. Thefeed.com, it really is your number one resource for all things triathlon nutrition. 